Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. Yeah, I like the fact that you mentioned two important points. The first part of it was where he was talking about, you know, encouraging the the, um, the Thessalonians, um, saying, you know, that they had stayed you know, faithful to the word, even though they had gone through a lot of affliction, you know, for the word. Uh, right. I think that is in um, um, chapter one. If you look at, um, for, let's take it from verse five. So let's take it. See. Okay, I'll read from verse five to ten, chapter one. Amen. Amen. It says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Okay? So he's saying, look, not only did they speak to did he speak to us, but Things happened in our lives to back up the fact that they were sent by God. Do you understand that? So it says not only in word, but in power, correct? Yeah. We just got a testimony now about something we prayed about last week. That was a demonstration of the Holy Ghost in the life of Abele that he is there with her, not just in words, but also in power. Do you see that? Amen. Then in verse six, it says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Now notice this phrase, with much affliction. He, he's going to mention it again later. And what he was saying here is this, that when you make a decision for Christ, there is going to accompany that decision a certain affliction between you and yourself and between you and those who love you or you love in other words i know this verse alone doesn't you know support what i just said but when we continue you will see that okay where he says look this gospel once you believe it it creates affliction which is temporary for you okay so hold that in mind as we continue Okay, verse seven, he said, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, wherever that is, that is probably their county, their region, their province, whatever. 
For when you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith to God's word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. So this particular church, when they became believers, they themselves began to spread the word in different parts of their province so that they, the apostles, heard about what they had done. And so he, Paul, doesn't have to say much about what he has already heard that they have accomplished on their own. Do you get it? Man. Okay. So verse 9 says, For they themselves, that's the other people who the uh, Thessalonians went to preach to, show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. So those people, those other people in Macedonia, etc., from what they observed about the Thessalonians, they could tell that Paul and the others had done a good job in bringing the gospel across to the Thessalonians. Does that make sense? Amen. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Okay. Um, you know that, that because they turned from worshiping idols to serving the true God. Verse ten, and to wait for His Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, we delivered us from the wrath to come. Okay? So, verse chapter 1 is talking about he's, he's praising the Thessalonians. Okay? This is one of the few churches or the few groups in the Bible who, you know, the apostles, you know, really don't have anything negative to say about them. Okay? And what you're seeing here is they received the word that the apostles brought by becoming believers in Christ, they became different from the, the people in their environment. That difference between they and the people in their environment caused them to be in conflict with their neighbors. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. However, it also created within them a, a kind of power in which they were able to go outside and testify about Christ in places the apostles themselves hadn't been to. And when the apostles went there to preach, they said, ah, your people have been here already. Okay? <laughs> so the apostles were proud of that. Okay? Now, I have a question for you. Anybody? Does anybody remember anywhere in the Bible, in the New Testament, where somebody had a dream and he said, come and help us in Macedonia? I'm going over to Macedonia and help us. Yes. Good. You remember that, correct? That's in the book of Acts. Okay, And in that place, it says, Paul had a dream, and in the dream, he saw a man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Amen. Now, see what we're reading here is that some new believers on their own went where? To Macedonia. Yeah. And Paul, when he went to Macedonia, he discovered that, hey, they say, hey, your boys have been here already, you know, and Paul was proud of them. Of course, they couldn't do as much as Paul could do, but Paul's job was easier. I don't know if we can see how the Bible builds on itself. I don't want to have to turn there because that's in the book of Acts, but just take the word from mom and I that we're, we're correct, okay? Believe us, that's in the Bible, right, mom? It's in the Bible, that's right? right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we can see here these must have been the people that had gone to work in Macedonia and God sent Paul that vision where he saw a man say, come over to Macedonia and help us. Okay? 
All right. Any questions about chapter one? Okay. All right. Does anybody else want to say something about what we study? While I was reading this, I didn't do it, but I wanted to gather a couple of my old maps in the Bible to see where the people were in relationship to Macedonia and kind of see why they went there in Acts and then also again in Thessalonians. Yes, yes. But I didn't uh, follow up on that idea. Okay, that's good. There's at least some more time in the day. I said I was thinking the same too. I was just thinking with where these places are today. Some some Bibles, some Bibles at the back of them, like mine has maps, you know. Mm. I know that Macedonia is north of Greece because that's where Alexander the Great was from. Okay. That's why his father was called Philip of Macedon. Remember, his father was the king first. Yes. Right. So we know that they came from the north and conquered the rest of the Greeks. Uh, um, Alexander did. So That's why I was thinking it must have been some distance away. There was something within them that wanted them to go to Macedonia. Okay, yeah. I don't know where Paul was. Paul was like sailing around the Mediterranean, all those places like Italy, Greece, um, so many other places, Turkey. He himself was from Turkey. Tarsus. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so anybody want to share with us? Uh, thank, thank you, Liz, for the part you, you shared with us. Anybody else want to you know, break some, some of this down? What you studied? Well, it was interesting to me, this is mom, that yeah. certain places, uh, they talk about where the teaching went by the apostles, and I'm sure there were more, but it seems as though they went into the places where they would be less likely to be successful. And yes. that shows the power and the spirit of God with them. And then for them to come back and see that some people that they had taught previously had also gone to the same place, uh, that was very interesting to me. and. It says to me, you know, you, you've got to do your job wherever you are because you don't know who the Lord is going to try to reach through you. Yes. Even on what little you think you know. And those were the kind of feelings I had all while I was reading this because he was going backwards praising them and letting him know that they had also been in his footsteps. Uh, I think he was proud of them. There were a couple of times when I read, I wasn't sure that he was accusing them of getting too close with people and acting like them, or if it was an accusation, but it was sort of like a back door in my mind. I can't remember what verse or what chapter it was in. Okay. Yeah, just following up on that, I was just uh, thinking how, you know, these are the Gentiles that they've taken their message to and how it was just, they were, they were received. I, I just noted reading this chapter that 
you know, it was just quite smooth sailing for Paul. He didn't have any of those resistance that he received in some places where he was stoned and chased out. Um, and it, it, it just, for me, it makes, it just plays credence to that comment that, you know, he came to the Jews and they, and he was, Gentiles. And so when people question me today, why are you following this Middle East religion? Why are you following? <laughs> because that's the kind of thing we hear all the time. Why are you following this Middle East religion? Why not the religion of your ancestors, your forefathers? Um, can you tell me in the Bible where uh, and you can see an Igbo name? Which which letter did he write to your village? Where did Paul write any letter to your Basically, people? it's the white man's religion. <laughs> yes, that's the, kind of thing, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I heard to hear all the time. Show me the letter he wrote to your people in your village in in, in Igbo lands. But we we are all the, we are all the part of the Gentiles that this message came to, and we accepted it. Well, the fact is this: Paul wrote to those people. Tell them you will write to them if they need a letter. <laughs> <laughs> because you are the Paul of this time. And yeah. to follow up on what you're saying, sorry to interrupt you, in yeah. chapter 2, you see that what you're talking about comes out more clearly there. In chapter 2, in verse 14, uh, I guess we can read from verse 14 to the end. Uh -huh. Okay, you want to read yeah. that? Okay. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they do not please God and are contrary to all men forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measures of their sins. But wrath has come upon, upon them to the uttermost. For we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Amen. I love your translation. Is that the New King James? Yes. Oh man, it sounded like music. I love that translation. I find, it, I find it easier to understand. I wish you could just keep reading because I love the fact that what it did was when it came to a very difficult archaic word, it mm. brought it into modern English because mm. I didn't know what we would do with that, you know, but, and that was great. That was great. I really, so the King James is just, it's music, right? But you mm. must have some kind of background to be able to suss what the, the remote meaning of some words are. And what the New King James does is 
it keeps the classical King James English that anybody can understand. But when it comes to some, you know, words that are no longer used, it replaces it with the most appropriate, you know, modern word. That's why I like mm. the new King James. Yes. Oh, that's good. I have Jasmine is on the call. She's listening in on her phone. Okay, good, good, good. Hi, Jasmine. Hello, ja Hello Jasmine. Welcome, Welcome, Jasmine. Can she hear us? Yes, she can hear you, but she has to be muted out because she's waiting for a transport to go up to her mother. Ah, okay, 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 cool, cool, okay. All right, so let's continue. So look, the first thing we see there in chapter four, in, in chapter two, verse 14 is where Paul is saying that these people, these Thessalonians, suffered persecution or derision from their own people just like he, Paul, a Jew, suffered derision and persecution from his own people, the Jews. Correct? Yeah, correct. Okay. And he says that those doing that are expecting, should we expect the wrath of God at the time of the end. We can see that in verse 16. Mm. He said, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost, okay? Um, verse 14 says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which are in Judea, um, in Christ. For you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as we have of the Jews. So the question I have to ask myself is, what have I suffered since I became a professor of Jesus Christ. That's all I have to ask myself. I mean, what stance have I taken that has made my friends and family say, you know what? I, I really don't want to have anything to do with you, Mike. You know, because as long as you're going to hold that kind of belief, you know, I think, I think you're, I think you're, you're judging others. And, you know, God said, don't judge. How many people have been through that before with your friends? See, when you take a stance for anything, they come back at you and say, God said, don't judge. You know, uh, you, you take a stance for anything, they say, but what about you? So they, they, they point at your own weaknesses. The difference between you and them is that you acknowledge that you have weaknesses, but you believe that Jesus is going to bring you out of this. You don't celebrate your weaknesses. You're ashamed of your weaknesses. That's the difference between you and your neighbor. Your neighbor celebrates his sin. You are ashamed of your sin. Am I communicating? Yes, yeah. Brother Mike, and this also yeah. happens within your families. Of course. Uh, and, and the families, uh, maybe even more. People know that there's something different about you that they don't want to go and ask because they don't want to be preached to, or they may have had the teaching in their background and they don't want to be reminded. And we always have to be very uh, aware that they're somewhere in between the two poles. But yes. it's also very interesting when their life is falling free falling and they can't stop it they seek you out for prayer 
<laughs> yes. And and the first few times when I was away from home and on my way to growing up, I was kind of surprised at that. And I would quiz my mother about it. Why are they asking me? And uh, why don't they pray for themselves? And it's it's been an interesting set of circumstances. And this isn't just standing on a corner with the Bible telling everybody you're saved and sanctified and got the Holy Spirit. You don't have to say anything. There is just something about you. Yes. That that they know to come to when they are in the greatest of need. Yes. And it's great to see it here in the scriptures. So that, that you're not that's why we on. that's why that's why we said let's look at these books because when we read these books, we can see that whatever we're going through somebody else has been through that before correct and and we see the way to to go through that experience and we're not we're not um overwhelmed by the experience because we know what's next you know because if you continue reading he lets you know that the affliction you know i think if you read second corinthians when he uses the word affliction again i can't remember somebody asked me this week about the word affliction. You know, it must have been one of us here who must have been reading this book. And in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, he talks about affliction, but this time he calls it our slight and momentary affliction. He says, mm. worketh in us a much greater glory. See, he doesn't talk about that here. He just talks about the affliction. But it doesn't but it's, you have to go to 2 Corinthians to see why we go through the affliction. Why God puts you in a place where you take a stand. Okay? There, and has anybody seen the new ad Netflix is advertising for the new 11-year-old girls who will be pole dancers? No, don't look at Netflix. Yeah, I've seen it. What's it called? <laughs> Cutie cuties or something like that. Okay. Mm. It's been advertised. They're gonna be eleven year old girls that are gonna be and it's gonna be a show on Netflix. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Now busy. there's something we have to understand. The Bible says all power comes from God. Mm-hmm. This is important to understand, okay? All power comes from God and we, for those of us who live in the United States of America, we have a, something we know from history we call separation of church and state. Now, it's not in the Constitution. It's an understanding. Yes. And it, that understanding is that the government cannot legislate anything to do with the religion accepted by a healthy number of people. So, so... If we don't believe in certain things, the government can't force us to participate in those things. Even to go and fight for the country, which is your number one obligation as a citizen. Mm-hmm. Now, if the government cannot force you to fight for your country, they can't force you to do anything. Because if you don't fight for your country, then you will have no country. If everybody says, my religion doesn't permit me to fight for the country, then guess what? Iceland will come and take us over. Yeah. So there's something called conviction that people fought for. 
when you see people in America or in England or all these places talk about the free world, they use these terms. Do you know that this so-called free world freedom that they have was given to them by Christians? Read your history. It was men and women in Europe who believed in God and Christ that stood up against the tyranny of the kings. It was men and women in Europe and America who believed in God that stood up against slavery throughout slavery. Always remember that. There has never been a time in the history of the modern world that the people in the forefront saying no were not Christians. Find it for me. And over time, the thought of those Christians would expand till it hit the political people and then the political people would do something. Look at Germany. If I ask you, everybody on this call, what is a Protestant? What would you say? What is a Protestant? Are we against the Catholic Church? Sorry? Oh, they were people who stood up against the Catholic Church because of the... Because now, what is a Protestant? What is, is. Not what was. What is. Oh, what today? What is a Protestant? Yes. Well, someone who's protesting against something? <laughs> Or oh, an activist, I don't know. <laughs> no, well, in the religious sense, when somebody's a Protestant, Remember, what does that mean? You break away from the norm. No, they're in the religious non, sense. They're, non they're non Catholic. There you go. Thank okay. you, Mom. That's the answer. Any Christian who's a non Catholic is considered a Protestant. Everybody knows that, right? We're protesting. The, the, why? Because when you go back to Europe, there was a time a group of people came together against the Catholic Church. Those people were called Protestants. But can I surprise you? They were not protesting anything religious. What happened was there was a Christian man called Martin Luther. Who was, pro who was opposing the Pope on religious matters. And what was he protesting? He was saying, the Bible says people are saved only by grace and faith in Jesus Christ. Mm. And you're saying people are saved as long as they listen to the Pope and pay money and do all kinds of things. And this was going on about the same time when some powerful men were in conflict with the king because the king was not permitting them to drive people off their land, land the land of the landlords, because the pope told the king not to permit that. Now, to, to be honest, I, I think I agree with the pope on that one, right? But I want you to get something. God used the landlords and their protest against the king to protect Luther. Luther thought he was dead. He got allies from where he never thought they would come from. Amen. And God used those landlords to protect Luther, and Luther began his ministry. Luther was a Catholic priest who believed the Bible. What am I trying to say? If you as a child of God, a Christian, does not stand up in your country, in your family, in any place to stand up and say, this is wrong, nothing will ever happen because Amen. you are the light. There is no other light. 
all the freedoms people enjoy today in Canada, in America, in this. Go back. There was a man, there was a, there was a prophet in Scotland called John Knox. Everybody ever heard about him? Yes. Yeah. He, he was killed. And this man was saying, look, God, if either you're going to, either you're going to save Scotland or you're going to kill me. Think about that. What kind of love did he have for his nation? What kind of love? There's another man. I don't know if it was William Tyndale, the guy who wrote the Bible. Somebody can correct me here if I'm wrong on this. Because then it was illegal to translate the Bible into any language but Latin. And I think he translated the Bible into English. And he was burnt. Now, I want you guys to listen to me, please. Think. Just think for a moment. A man took the Bible and translated it into a language, the common language that people could understand. And for that reason, he was burned. Why do you think they did that? They, do you think they did that just because they hated him? No, they want control. They don't want the Bible to come out. So you today have access to the Bible. But everything around you has programmed you not to get to the word of God by yourself, to wait for someone else who's been trained in one of their institutions to bring the word to you. So true. So now you cannot get into the efficacy of the power of the word, which is like you saw in First Thessalonians chapter 1, he says, we came to you not only in word, but in power. So the word of God comes along with power, but its power is ineffective without a person who is standing on it. Amen. So the word of God is powerless unless one human being reads it, believes it, and says, you know what? If God said so, it must be true. I ain't moving from here. But now we have all moved. We, we're just like breathe, the leave, dry leaves. You know, the wind blows. We just moved left. The wind blows right. We just move right. We're not standing. We don't represent anything. Nobody can look at us and say, oh, that's one of them. There's no difference. We're not any different from anybody else. Nobody knows your opinion about anything. We just go along to get along. Do you know that the God, the God spoke about that in the Old Testament? He said, don't eat eels. Eels always go with the flow of the river. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. So I, what about chapter three? Does anybody remember what we read in chapter, what, what chapter three spoke about and want to talk to us about it? Is that Chinese's phone I see with the U3044 something? Uh, yeah, she was supposed to log on and be on mute. So I'm guessing. Okay, yeah, that... yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, okay. I see her. She's on mute. I see her. She's on mute. I see yeah. somebody. I think that's, it's her. That's Jasmine's phone. That okay, Jasmine okay. That's... And Mother Carter are both on the line. They can hear you. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Okay, okay perfect. All right. So. Anybody want to talk to us about chapter three? First Thessalonians. 
Well, that's about the glory and joy. Yes. And it was talking about the, uh, uh, the, the word is to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Yes. Okay, chapter three is about Paul leaving after he had preached to them, going back home and being concerned that they might have backslidden. That's the part I was talking about. He didn't accuse them. Yeah. But it was very close to it. No, 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 no. He sent Timothy to go find out if they had backslidden. And when Timothy got there, Timothy found out that wow, they've even grown even more. So look at look at verse one of chapter three. Anybody there? Okay. Verse one to six. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. But now when Timotheus came from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also see to see you. Amen. Does everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. Everybody understands that, right? Yes. Amen. So what happened was Paul was not sure if these guys were still, you know, strongest Christians. And so he sent Timothy, his assistant, to go check on these guys. And when Timothy got there, he discovered that, whoa, these guys are on fire for God. Okay? And Paul was happy to hear that. Now look at verse 5. Sorry, verse 4. Everybody, if you forget anything today, don't forget verse 4 of chapter 3. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mom, can you read that again? For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should not suffer. That we should suffer. That I'm having trouble with vision today. Okay. That we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. Okay. So Paul said... It is written by God that everybody that becomes a Christian must suffer something. So he told them, wait for it. It's coming. He told them that before he left. Amen? Amen. And when he didn't hear from them, he said, oh, 
These guys must have backslidden because of the problems, the afflictions that come with being a Christian. Ask yourself, since you became a Christian, what affliction have you ever experienced just because you became a Christian? Hmm, lots of persecution in the job place when you don't go along with a group that you know are, are not Christians. There you go. Um, Once you took a stand as a Christian, it wasn't unusual for you to be the outcast. Paul says it comes with the territory. Amen. So Peter spoke about it as well and said you should rejoice. Okay, Jesus himself said it. He said, rejoice when men say all kinds of things about you for my name's sake. <laughs> Easier to read than to live through. <laughs> well, you know, these days there's so much, um, it seems to be an increase in resentment that Christians are, are getting around the world. Yes. Once you say you're, you can make an, you can have an opinion and it will be accepted as long as you don't you don't bring God into it or just mention the name of Jesus or Bible or God in that opinion. As long as you don't do that, people are probably willing to even accept a contrary opinion. But once you mention that, the hatred, the resentment, the vile that you yes. receive is just out, out of this world. <laughs> Can I say something here? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I used to feel that way. But the more that it happened and the older I got, I realized they were coming from a position of fear. Because when, yes. you, when yes. you take a stand for something and you live it every day, you don't mind sitting at a table for eight and having your lunch by yourself. Uh, they do not have anything inside of them that can sustain them. They're totally blinded to try to learn. And so they have this fear because on my desk in my office, and I worked in human resources where just about every employee at some point in time had to come by me. I had little things on my desk that were sound bites. Yes. And I had over my door enter into his gates with thanksgiving <laughs> i had so many people ask me what that meant that gave me an opportunity and nobody on my job in my upline complained but today they might accuse you of having mistakes. a hostile work work environment <laughs> well if you're a christian anywhere in the world and in uh, the rest of the large proportion of the environment is not, you're going to receive some of this. But I always had my music playing very low in the background. I had a Bible on my desk that it had flowers for a cover. So when people would look in it while I was on the phone, they would say, oh, this is a Bible. I said, help yourself read it. It won't bite you. Yes. And so after a while, you wrap yourself in it and you will find yourself uh, having less and less 
people around you, but somewhere in my upbringing, I was taught that if you had more friends than you could count on one hand, you were a blessed person. Because the friends that we call friends are not the friends that we hear about in the biblical, you know, like a friend loveth at all times. Yes. All these sort of things, you start getting stronger and deeper in your faith because of this type of suffering. And this type of suffering is mental. And so you know when you survive that, that God is with you. Yes. It's not like getting a stone knocked up against your head. They're too sophisticated to do that because they don't want to go through a lawsuit. But they will try everything else. Yes. Like go to work with a brand new car that they can't afford. And and they'll ask you how you got that. And I would laugh and I say, I stood on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kept walking. They could take from that whatever they could get, but they knew the truth. I lived frugal and I didn't waste and I gave like the Bible says, we should give of ourselves, of our tithes, our offerings, the whole thing. When you go all in, the world will see the difference. You cannot have one foot in one place and then one foot in God. Can't, won't work. Exactly. Not even to keep a job. Exactly. Just I think it's and keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I think especially in Europe where we are, is the world the the world we live in now, and it's a world where what you've just said, you can't have um, you can put one foot in and one foot out. This is what we see all around us. So people are not brave enough to take a stand for their That's faith. True. Because because every because they've been bullied into silence, or because you don't want to look like the outcast, or or or, or be seen to be supporting, you know, a, I don't know a group that, um, or, or or be seen to be the outs. Actually, it's always a group that is a majority. But when you take a different stand and you're out of the group, then you're almost like standing alone, and it's a difficult place to be. And so you have to have a certain sort of steel, um, a mental strength, um, and, and spiritual strength as well to be able to do it. And a lot of us are not there. And I, I used to be that person, um, but only recently I've started to say, to hell with what you think. This is what I, this is what I believe in. This is where I stand. And I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if I'm, 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 I'm the outcast. This is my belief and this is where I stand. And it's a very difficult place to be, especially in the world we live in right now, a world that is increasingly becoming very, like someone said once, the aggressive forms of atheism, aggressive forms of atheism, not just atheism, but aggressive form of it. It's it's just um yeah it's a, it's a difficult place to be, but you know it's always been there, it's always been like that. 
I think growing up, I think growing up in Africa, where it was natural to wake up on a Sunday and everyone around you was going to church. But that if you're not, you're, if you're not going, you're the outcast basically. So even though most of the people going probably don't even believe in what they, but everyone is going anyway. But now it's changing. It's it's different now, and especially in Europe where I am, it's completely different. You are not bra- You shouldn't even say I am a Christian or, or this is what I believe in, and everyone will look at you like you fell from the sky or something. It's so. It's such a different world now. But there will come a time when different people will step forward quietly. Yes. And ask for your opinion, and that's why we have to be well read in the yes. Bible in the scriptures. We don't want it to look like it's coming from us. We want yes. to be able to give the benefit of in the scriptures to such and such a place it says this. And yes. my answer to them was read it, come back to me, and we will discuss it. This yes. I believe and this I proclaim and I would say no more. Yes. And I think sometimes where we get in trouble is when we have our Christian faith, and then we try to preach and push it off on someone. And when I was a young child, I had an older Sunday school teacher that said, we are all flowers in the same pot, and we just have to bloom where we're planted and be brighter. Mm. Mm. That's 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 the imagery that I got like an eight-year-old. Yes. And now I go back to that. And uh, maybe people may think I'm kind of reclusive, but when I lived here at my home years before, everybody came through this door with their problems. And when we moved back after being gone nine years, I decided I was not having a revolving door because they were wanting to take advantage of the psychological strength they could get, but not the biblical. And I will not be broken down by that level of sin. If they're really serious, I'm here for them. Mm. Other than that, I pull my circle tight. Now, Brother Mike, you can come on, comment on that if you want, but that's how I survive. I'm, 100, I'm in 100% agreement with you, and I'm yeah. glad that you were able to distinguish between the psychological versus spiritual demands of people. Mm, yes. The psychological demand reminds me, you know, it reminds me of when Jesus met that woman at the well and just told the woman, uh, give me water to drink. And Mm. we know the conversation. It ended with Jesus telling the woman that, look, whoever drinks from this well will thirst again. But whoever drinks from the well that I give water from will never thirst. Mm. So, when you go for psychological and emotional support and people give you their support from what they've read in textbooks, etc., it will only go so far. But if a person can restore you, let me tell you something. If you were the only person that lived in the world, Jesus would still have come to die for you. You see, when people say Jesus died for us, it's true. But primarily, Jesus came to die for me. The reason is this. God 
wants to have a unique relationship. Let me tell you something. Oh, this is so tough. Okay, can I swing us to the book of Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 for a second? Yes. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Liz. This is the revelation God gave to Jesus Christ, that he might show his servants what must happen very soon. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. Thank you. Okay. Your translation says this is the revelation that God gave to Jesus Christ. Right? Right. Now, somebody else, please read that same verse to me. I will. Good. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Okay. Notice that this is something that Jesus did not know while he was here. Amen? Amen. Amen. And this is the revelation of who? Jesus. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, replace that word Jesus Christ and insert your name. And you will understand what your life is all about. Mm. All right. There is something that you are about that God wants to reveal to you. Look, just look at verse one again. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him. The question is, when? Mm hmm. He said, and Jesus sent his angel to deliver it to his servant, John. Amen? Amen. Think Amen. for a second. It means Jesus did not have this revelation while he was here as the physical man. Do you remember Jesus saying to the apostles that no man knows the day nor the hour? neither the angels nor the son, except the father himself. Do you all remember that? Yes. Yeah. Now, could you say today that Jesus does not know the day nor the hour when he will come? No, I believe no, he knows. I think, yeah. I think he knows now. He absolutely knows because he's made a statement. He said, now all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Do you remember? Yes. 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 When he was here, didn't he tell us that, are you amazed at the works that I do? He that believes in me, greater works than that which I do, shall he do. Do you all remember that? Yes. Yeah. That means you're supposed to say, listen, you think what I'm doing is cool? You wait till you see your power when I'm gone. Hmm. But how many of us here have ever gotten a revelation of who we are? You have no knowledge of who you are. If somebody asks you who you are, you'll just tell me about some 
person that you see in the mirror. That's not who you are. That's why we're going through this word. That's why in the Bible, Paul's used a particular statement. He said, in the church, let the women keep quiet. He said, but in Christ, there is neither male nor female. Do you all remember that? Amen. Isn't yeah, that, doesn't amen. that sound like a contradiction? Unless he was saying something you don't understand. When we live in our natural selves, we are men or we are women. We have our strengths. We have our weaknesses. But when we're in Christ, we move by the anointing of God, not by the knowledge of our minds. And so he says, in Christ, there is neither male nor female. So when you walk and function in Christ, no man can stop you and say, woman, what are you doing? Woman, who are you? They just get out of the way. They just know that this, you know, this is a, this is a tractor trailer coming down the street. <laughs> they know that's Christ. And notice when he rose from the dead, the Bible says when he rose from the dead, the, he appeared to a woman called Mary. Do you remember that? Yes. What do you recognize about, remember about that Mary? That's not Mary Magdalene, by the way. That was the Mary that was sitting by his feet, more interested in listening to him than going to the kitchen to cook for him. Mm. She was more interested in hearing the word than going out there to talk about Jesus. Going out there to heal the sick. Going out there to do all kinds of things for God. She was working on herself by listening to his word, by being in fellowship, by wanting to hear more about him. And she was transformed. And so when he rose from the dead, the first person he appeared to was Mary and said, go and tell my brothers I am risen. He knew she was going to be there. He, he, exactly. No, she had put herself there. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he didn't appear in front of her because he preferred her to his brothers, the apostles. He appeared before her because she was the one at the level to see him first. Yep. She paid the price. Remember the apostles were always asking him, we've given up everything for you. What will we get when you get your kingdom? They guys were in it for the money. Just There's only like one of them who couldn't wait. But all oh, of them were in it for the money. They said so. In fact, there was, a, there was a time when two of them went and got their mother to come and lobby Jesus, corruption. And she came to Jesus and said, Master, I want to ask you a favor. She, he said, what? I want to ask that when you get your kingdom, that these my two sons will sit one on your left and one on your right. And the oh. Bible says the other apostles were mad. <laughs> I don't know if you guys read the Bible the way I read the Bible. I keep trying to tell you, stop thinking about these guys like there were some, you know, this apostle came from the sky. They're nobody's compared to Jesus. They're nothing. That's just the title. Okay? They're just human beings like you and I. They had weaknesses like you and I. The difference between them and us was they allowed Jesus to reveal to them who they really were. And you don't. You still see yourself as a woman. You still see yourself as an American. You still see yourself as this, as that. All these things that have been put in your head, but you don't yet know what Jesus thinks of you. 
that's what you have to ask the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, give me the revelation of myself. That's why mm. Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him. Your power comes from knowing who you are. Last week, we spoke about the blood, the blood, the blood. Remember? Yes. And I said, we're not covered by the blood. We are washed by the blood. Amen. Amen? And I said, when we, when we say, I plead the blood of Jesus, we are stating the local standard, the basis upon which an enemy cannot touch us. You cannot touch me, devil, because I am a blood relative of God Almighty. I am part of the royal family. The laws don't apply to me. So you can't touch me. I hope you understand that Satan hits people based on the law. That is why the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. Who does he accuse you to? He accuses you to the judge and says, for this reason, you need to have cancer. For this reason, you need to have lupus. For this reason, you need to have diabetes. For this reason, it's the law. The power of the law is where our sickness and disease comes from. But the Bible says Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. law. What do you think the curse of the law is? Sickness and disease. Mental and emotional problems. Psychological imbalance. But once you come to the word, then you begin to be healed psychologically, mentally, physically, physiologically over time. Amen. Over time. Amen. Woo, okay. Let's look at let's 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 close up quickly. We have to look at chapter four and chapter five. And if you notice in chapter four, around verse 13, he switches. Okay. He's finished talking to them, and now he's, there's some report that came to him, you know, that some believers had died among the Thessalonians, and the Thessalonians were kind of sad. And he was trying to explain to them that, what are you sad about? These people are coming back again. There's nobody that dies that should worry. It's like taking a vacation. It's like, you know, if I tell you all, hey, guys, I'm leaving, I'm going to Africa, and I'm going to be there for the next six months or so, you all might feel, oh, Brother Mike is not going to be around. But you're not going to be like, oh, I'll never see him again. Oh, oh, what beautiful times we had. I know some of you will be rejoicing that last is gone. Huh? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 just kidding. All right. But let's look at what he says in verse 13. Or chapter 4. Anybody there can read for us from 13 to 17. That I would not have... Go ahead. Go ahead, Liz. Uh, amen. We would have you be clear about those who sleep in death, brothers. Otherwise, you might yield to grief, like those who have no faith and no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, God will bring faith bring forth from him bring forth with him from the dead there will also who have fallen asleep believing in him we say to you as if the lord himself has said it that we who live who survive until his coming will in no way have an advantage over those who have fallen asleep no the lord himself will come 
down from heaven at the word of command, at the sound of archangel voice and God's trumpet. And those who have died for Christ will rise first. In Christ will rise first. And we as the living survivors will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet with the Lord in the air. Thenceforth, we shall be with the Lord unceasingly. Console one another with this message. Amen. All right. Amen. Now, first thing before we go anywhere, I want to I want to wake every one of us up to something very important. You see in the last verse 17 where he says, no, sorry, not last verse, but in verse 17 where he says, we shall be caught up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Up there is not directional. What did I say, everybody? Up, not directional. Not directional. Up there is qualitative. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anybody ever been to, um, I don't know, the Dollar General? Yes. Okay. You know you can buy T-shirts in Dollar General, correct? Yes. Yes. Anybody ever been to um, Versace on Fifth Avenue, New York, or something like that? You can buy a T-shirt there as well. They're both T-shirts, but the quality is different. One is up and the other is lower. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank yeah. you. So when in 17 here, he says, we which are left alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. It means that those who are dead today are living or existing in Christ in a particular level. Amen? All right. You who are still alive in this physical world, you are also existing in Christ at a particular level. But there's coming a sound, a trumpet, a shout, a commandment that will call you up in quality of existence. Amen. All right. Amen. You will be here. How do we know that? Look at verse 14. It says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so then also they which sleep in Jesus, will God do what? Prevent them. Okay, sorry. Maybe I didn't read it well. Somebody read verse 14. Let's read verse 14, please. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, God will bring forth with him from the dead those who have fallen asleep believing in him. Thank you. God will bring. That means they're coming where? With him. Here. They're coming here. To this earth. But the quality of their body of their being, of their character, and the quality of your body, and your being, and your character will be different. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, we refer to that in the Bible as the resurrection. 
How many people believe that there's a resurrection? Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And so, Paul is saying here, look, don't worry about dying or not dying. That's irrelevant. He said, look, and those of us who are here are not going to have any advantage over those who are already dead. Now, I would have flipped it the other way. I would have thought those who were dead have an advantage over us. Right? It looks well, like he it. says, look, no, we're not going to have any advantage. All of us, both those who are dead and those who are alive, we will all be chained at the same time. Let's turn to um, one scripture to support this, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Amen? Amen. 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 Almost there. Verse 51. Verse 50 and 51. Go ahead, Liz. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 and 51. Okay, 15. Belly, are you are you okay. are you here? I'm looking for yes, All right. I've got it. Now I am going to tell you a mystery. Not all of us shall fall asleep, but all of us are going to be changed. Sorry. In an instant, Sorry, in verse 50, 50 and 51. Oh, 50. Oh. 50 this and 51. This is what I mean, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. No more than corruption inherit incorruption. Now I am going to tell you a mystery. Not all of us shall fall asleep, but all of us are going to be changed. Amen. Amen. That's what you just read in First Thessalonians. Yes. Not everybody will be dead, but even those who are still alive and those who are dead, all of us are going to be what? What word did he use? Changed. Changed. Good. Over in First Thessalonians, he used the word caught up. Here he uses the word changed. Okay? And he called it a mystery. He said, verse 51 says, I show you what? A mystery. So one day, you just might be driving down the street and boom. You go, what's going on? And you see your physical body begin to change before your very eyes. <laughs> All That's <right>. interesting. <laughs> well, Don't just make sure, make, sure, make, sure, make sure you get the book when it comes out because it's ready to go. And I'm sending it out to Liz this week. Liz, everything is ready to go. So Okay. So it, it, the book is going to help expand on, expand on some of these things. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. So let's go back and close um, First Thessalonians chapter 5. Yes. All Amen. right. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Um, can someone read for us from verse 1 to 11? Amen. Amen. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the, that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. 
and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For mm. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also are doing. Amen. 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 You notice that at the end of everything, he still tells you that your heart, remember it says breastplate? Yeah. Your heart must be a heart of faith and what? Love. Love. Everything we've spoken about, all the people we've spoken about, everything we've said about people are like this, or people like that, people like this, people like that. We cannot afford to allow any root of bitterness towards any individual take us unawares. Power. Okay? Don't let it take us unawares. And that's why you need to live a holy life. What Does anybody here remember what the word holy means? We talked about it a few weeks ago. Holy means separate. That's all. Separate. To separate yourself. So make sure you, you handle every relationship you have with people with a distance. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do not get unnecessarily emotionally entangled with your family and friends. So that when your loved ones say or do something that you didn't expect, it doesn't hurt you deeper than it ought to. Remember that you met them here. Amen? Amen. So Amen. begin to disentangle yourself from that thing they call love because it is not love. It is indebtedness. Ooh, powerful. Pull yourself out from it and manage your relationships with your loved ones. You're all friends. They just don't see the light. That's it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to stop there, but if anybody has anything else you want to contribute, please go ahead. Or questions or statements, please feel free. I express myself already, and I thank God for this lesson today. Amen. Because it puts an Amen. explanation point on everything I studied, everything I talked to God about in the Holy Spirit, and it's powerful. Yes. So, so 
So when you get affliction from your countrymen, <laughs> you know it's part of the program. Yes, and anybody else. <laughs> there you go. Countrymen is more than just your nation. It's, it could be your family. Yes, Lord. Woo. Right. So, Mom, do you want to close us in prayer? Yes, I will. All right. Thank you. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, uh, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay? Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through, you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, do I order, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so you won't be able to see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay? In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going, okay? So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.